1: It's summer, so it must be the Get Ready for the Future show at the movies. Today, we take a trip back to 1980 and try to make par by picking up financial lessons from Caddyshack. Stay with us. This is
0: the Get Ready for the Future show.
1: We don't normally dress like this if this is the first time that you're tuning in to the show. uh, Chad Roller from our Conway office, Janet Walker from our Bryant office with her lovely attire over there.
2: You know... I think that you got the uh, short end of the golf club here on yeah, this because uh, yeah. because your your jacket does not on camera look as very 1980 as it really is yes it is it, <laughs> uh,
1: if uh, if Casey can get a, a a nice close-up of this nice wool tweed that I'm wearing <laughs> in, in the <laughs> middle of summer here
2: I mean that's uh, they just screams oh, 1980 yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: and and so we had to try to co- be creative and come up with some costumes for Caddyshack so if you've watched Caddyshack you know there's just really loud colors of uh, you know apparel that are in the show and and I have the pleasure today of teaching my associates here at GenWealth none other than the gopher dance hit it Casey all right so it's like this guys you gotta
2: you gotta have some t-rex arms yeah you gotta have some t-rex
1: arms and so it's like this
2: and the head on a swivel
1: There you go. That's the gopher dance from Caddyshack. Of course, Caddyshack is a cult classic from the 1980s. It is a a great movie. When I was uh, 19, 20 years old, this, this movie came out. And so, you know, for just you know just after teen humor it was it was great <laughs> and uh we have to help janet along a little bit today chad because she hasn't seen the movie i know you just recently watched the movie. i
3: did i've seen it over the years in the past but being born in 84 you know it, it wasn't uh <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't something i started out with so i had to catch back up a little bit my my golf club uh golf club
1: courtesy of our compliance director mona Carey here uh is a 24 karat solid gold golf club uh, or at least gold plating or, or yeah, something like I'm that sure it's just on anyway the i'm not sure she wouldn't have given yeah. it to me if it'd been 24 karat gold but it is very reminiscent of of what judge schmiel would have used
3: on the bushwood course oh and, and the even the gap the golf bag I, I forget the guy's name that had the big uh golf bag that was yeah that was rodney Dangerfield. So, okay right? rodney dangerfield had the golf bag that had the radio in it uh looked like a, the keg yeah the ejection of the clubs that even even today's in today's time and technology, that would be pretty impressive. Yeah. Now,
1: now you have, you have an annual Caddyshack almost type Deal that goes on, right?
3: Very much so. Very yeah, it, much so. It, it, it happens
1: up in the piney woods of uh, the northern part of central Arkansas, and uh, I, I don't know if we want to reveal too much about that or not. But uh, there's, no,
3: some, there's no. some, there's some,
1: there's some golf carts that are missing in in large holes
3: on that golf course. Well, there, there's a little bit of everything that goes on, and and I, I'm just kind of that's my golden nugget. Maybe my retirement plan is maybe eventually do a, a, a movie about our golf tournament, and that probably uh probably can win some uh some amies so so
1: caddyshack (laughs) is is one of these movies that that made stars out a lot of people uh bill murray uh was in this uh of course you had chevy chase uh and ted knight and michael o'keefe and so those are the key characters in this and then of course one of the classic uh scenes is when bill murray is chasing the gopher around on the golf course and is trying to flush him out of the gopher holes with water.
2: And what happens? Well, there's water. There's water everywhere. everywhere.
1: Yeah, and he's trying to flush this this rodent out. And and let's let's first let's say that that whenever you first start working toward financial independence, it can be a little bit overwhelming, just like the gopher was to Bill Murray, because the gopher was getting the best of him at every turn.
2: Well, you've got in your financial life, um, this is a little bit of a stretch. This is going to be a fun show. Yeah. <laughs> but in your financial life, you've got gopher holes, if you will, all over the place that you don't know about. And when you start trying to fix the problem, you keep discovering there's another one, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one. But it doesn't have to be that way.
3: Well, and I, I think he thought he had a plan. But I don't exactly know that he actually even knew what he was going to do after he actually got the gopher out of the hole. No, he had no idea. Yeah. So I I think that's some of the the times that we, uh, in our financial lives, we think that we have a plan, but actually when we start working on it, we look back and we say, hmm... I don't know exactly what I was thinking about when I...
2: (laughs) Or if I was thinking.
1: (laughs) Well, the good news is financial independence does not have to be nearly as elusive as that gopher was on on Caddyshack. Of course, uh, he never uh, actually got the gopher, uh, you know taken care of till the end of the movie. But but uh, the good news is, is that we're going to share with you some financial lessons that we have learned from Caddyshack. Now, that's an amazing thing how you could take one of these 1980, uh, just, you know, raw comedy movies and come up with some financial lessons from it. But I think the first financial lesson, guys, is that financial independence and your future is really your responsibility
2: you know that's one that even without having seen the movie i can totally identify with this because they've got a 17 year old guy just trying to figure out life and like yep. college and how am i paying for it and why am i going and do i want to go and all of those things and i'm like i got one of those at home he's 18 and we're a little <laughs> past part of that yep. but we're not past all of that well, yet
1: well trust me Stewart is way more responsible <laughs> hey, than danny yeah, noonan yeah yeah uh, this but, is true but, but uh i think danny was really trying to figure it out and and he got taught some financial lessons along the way one of them was to start saving because he was working at this golf course at bushwood country club very posh country club supposedly like in beverly hills or something and danny was trying to save money for college and he was also trying to, to worm his way into college by getting judge smiel to pay for it
3: yeah yeah and going going to uh going the extra mile, I think, is what he, he kind of had a game plan there. But, you know, the the thing that I get from that is the way he was going about it. He did have a game plan, but he wasn't in control. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things where, uh, you know, if you start early, you've got a lot more control. And I, I think yeah. you guys, with the experience that you have in the industry, those that have started early, they have a lot more control once you start working with them on a, on a regular basis.
2: Well, and, you know he's he's earning some money but what's he doing with it? Yeah. And and I think that's a question that people who are well beyond the age of 17 need to be asking themselves as well. And this is this is a fun one on my son. He has gotten past this stage of life, but when he first started uh, mowing, and I know not all parents pay their kids to mow the yard. Everybody chooses to do parenting a little bit differently as far as what their gets paid, their kids get paid to do and what they don't get paid to do. I get it. But we chose to pay him to mow the yard, but it was for this reason. He really needed to learn communication as well and so we didn't just like okay the yard's done here's your money he had to come to my husband like he was a customer you know just in the neighborhood not dad and he had to come to my husband and say Mr. Walker I've I've mowed the yard and I'd like for you to check and make sure that it's been done to your satisfaction and then and then ask him to be paid do you know how many times my son mowed the yard for free because he didn't have that conversation (laughs) like you know so how much more money could he have saved and so really along the along the way you know you've you've got Danny Noonan here with 30 bucks that he's earned and he's having to be told to put it in the college fund well do you have to be told go ask to get paid I think the question for you what are you having to be told to do that Maybe you might ought to just know. Well, and I think that
1: the takeaway, Janet, I think is that no one else is going to prioritize your financial independence other than you. You got to take responsibility for it. Now, I will say that, that Danny in the movie came from a very large family. As yeah. a matter of fact, uh, I think the father sat down and said, "Who's this kid?" and and somebody <laughs> says, "It's your it's your uh, nephew," uh, nephew, I think, I think yeah. or something like that. And he goes, "What are we doing? Running a restaurant around here?" and and so Danny came from this very large family, and he did have the initiative to to go and get a job as a caddy at the golf course at Bushwood and make some extra money. But then that's about where it ended. He didn't really know what to do with it. And dad's going, go put it in the college fund because dad couldn't certainly afford to pay for college.
2: So let's talk about, guys, what does it look like to prioritize your financial independence? What are some of the steps that are important in that
1: process? Well, I think the first thing that you've got to do is you've got to think about budgeting. You've got to think about how am I going to allocate the money that I have to do the things that I want to do. And budgeting also, I think, is uh, inherent in the budgeting conversation are priorities. What are your priorities? Because if you don't set your priorities, someone else will.
3: Yeah, John, and I, I equate this a lot of times to working out and, and, and a weight loss plan. If you don't have a plan, a meal prep, that's why you see so many people being successful on a diet when they actually meal prep. And I think that's the same in the financial uh your financial life is is when you prepare and know what you're going to do with that next bonus or with that next paycheck. Mm-hmm. When you prepare, you see a, a much a greater outcome on the other side. You know, there's a lot of families out there right now that are getting this child tax credit. You know, so what what steps have those families prepared themselves for in the coming months to know that they don't look at the end of the year and say, where did all that go? Yeah, yeah you
1: yeah. Get, got a great point there. They are—they uh, just started this child tax yeah. credit. Uh, you know, two, three, four hundred dollars a month is going to be coming in to, to families right. per child uh, from the government as an advance payment on the, on the taxes. If you think about if you have young kids, the power of that compound interest mm-hmm. of investing that money for college. Uh, or or some not necessarily college but for some future endeavor for that child it can pay you know huge dividends
2: yeah i, I just i just call it kid money you know what whatever that purpose might be whether it is a, a vehicle whether it's helping them get established in you know the early days to have an emergency fund those types of things but here's the the deal that money was not expected other than you know to come in next year and it just kind of gets absorbed in life but if you want to take that now and give it a label and give it a purpose then then that's that's a difference maker for you I tell you you know I think one of the the key differences in people who really make significant progress and those who do not is defining those dollars with a specific purpose if you want to see somebody who's very motivated you get a 15 year old who is having to work to earn their enough money for their first vehicle, man, they are laser beam focused because that vehicle is a big motivator. It's their independence. It's a big deal. It's their freedom. Yeah, it's their yeah. freedom. But you know retirement should represent that to everybody but it's so far off you know to a 15 year old that vehicle is right around the corner and they can they can almost taste it but retirement is so far down the road we have trouble seeing that purpose
1: i think one of the things you also have to think about is is educating yourself on the the ins and outs of money and i know we're we're really stretching the bounds of our of our theme here today of education driven strategy based and team delivered with all these get-ups and everything that we're doing for caddyshack and we'll probably come out of these uh yes we will it's hot in here it is hot (laughs) in here but i think that that taking on the responsibility of saying, hey, look, I'm going to educate myself, I'm going to work with a coach and get down the road of where I want to go. I call it being intentional, just frankly, just being intentional about what you're doing from a financial situation. I think that makes a lot of sense. And Janet, I, I know that that many of the people that we've worked with uh, over the years, that intentionality has gotten them where they're, they're trying to go.
2: Yeah, it, it absolutely has. Uh, it, it's Again, going back to what purpose do you have for your dollars?
1: So if you are interested in in being intentional about your money, one of the things I think you need to do is get a written plan on paper, on purpose. Now, if you want to know the why about the plan, we've got a special offer for you. Feeling secure about your future starts with how you see your future. You can get a free download from us here at Wealth Financial Advisors with 10 ways to shift your perspective of financial planning. It's called What's the Plan? It's a manifesto for your life, your worth, and what happens next. It's very easy to get. All you got to do is text us at 501-381-5228. That's 501-381-5228. Or visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash plan. It's your free copy for financial independence. It's a manifesto for your future. We're back in just a moment. With us on this segment of the Get Ready for the Future show is Ryan Dietrich, the LPL Financial Chief Market Strategist. And Ryan, I know just last week you did a uh, Market Signals podcast for LPL and you and uh, your boss were on the basketball court. And now that we're talking about Caddyshack, I'm wondering if there is a Caddyshack edition of the Market Signals podcast in the future.
4: Wow. Well, you know, John, I did a golf one actually, oh, maybe five or six months ago where I was yeah. down here in Fort Mill just hitting the ball around, but maybe a pure jinks induced caddyshack <laughs> should be the way to go. But I was with Mar- Mark Zabicki, my boss, or chi- our, uh, no, what's his title? He's the director of research. Mark's a little more buttoned up than me, so maybe it'd be fun to get him to loosen up a little bit. I think that'd be uh, that'd be a fun idea. Yeah,
1: <laughs> as long as uh, you don't insult him or something like Rodney Dangerfield would, you know, yes probably not a good thing to do to your boss, Ryan. So
2: if there are hijinks involved, I think Burt White's got to be in the picture. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So let's
1: let's talk a little bit about markets and the economy. Ryan, if there is a hero in amongst all of the things that are going on economically, it's got to be the American consumer uh, and the rebound that has taken effect because of the American consumer's propensity to spend. What's your take on all of the effect of this strong consumer spending, say, in the last year or so?
4: Yeah, John, I mean, what'd they say in Caddyshack, right? Be the ball. I mean, the ball to this economic (laughs) recovery is the consumer. The consumer makes up two-thirds of GDP. Just last week, we had a GDP number in the second quarter came out at 6.5%, a little bit weaker than expected. But as you dissect it, the consumer numbers actually came in a lot stronger than expected. You know, I was on with you guys a year ago, and we were talking about the the initial recovery off the lows. It only took five months for retail sales to get back above Uh, pre-COVID levels like GDP just did it we're still seven million jobs away from being pre-COVID but the retail sales did it right away so it's just really amazing there's a lot of words we can use I'll just stick with amazing to the U.S. consumer how strong and how resilient they've been during the terrible recession and now during this um, pretty impressive recovery and again the consumer is still driving things and that's a, a healthy sign in our opinion.
2: So let's talk a little bit about positive returns relative to where we are on the calendar. So the S&P has just posted its sixth straight positive month, even though it it finished the final week of July on a little bit of a low note. uh, Now we're moving into August and September, and those don't have the best reputation historically for us in the market. So what do you think about that? Are you worried or is there enough economic strength to just power through in those couple of months?
4: Yeah, I mean, Janet, you know, the, the, you can say they don't get a lot of respect, I guess, the Rodney <laughs> thing, you know, but but you think about it, I mean, they it don't get respect for a reason. I mean, yeah. August historically, if you look at it in a post-election year, which is where we are, is one of the worst months of the year. September, on average, is flat out the worst month of the year, and then oh, by the way, October's out there. And although he's not necessarily bearish, he is extremely volatile. So these next three months, if you all you say, what's a big worry? The calendar is is definitely one of them. So. It, there's lots of other things to look at. Like you said, monetary policy, fiscal policy, a strong economy. All those are in there. But, uh, you know, the s and is up like 98 percent off the lows on a total return basis. We've officially doubled on a price return. We're not quite there, but we're close. You know, we're, we're I guess a gimme putt away, if you will, uh, from from 100 percent gains off the lows. And, and the truth, again, is is, um you know, this is a big rally. And now the next couple months, let's just be aware it could be troublesome. And last thing on this last September. September, I know it's like hard to remember because everything's been such a blur in a COVID world. Last September, guys, we had nearly a 10 percent correction during the troublesome month of September. So next couple months, just investors be aware this is when sometimes a banana peel could come out and you can slip a little bit.
1: So since we're doing Caddyshack analogies, I guess uh, the 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 gopher knew just about everything that was going to happen in Caddyshack because he was like running all over the golf course away from Bill Murray and his and his garden hose. But what about this bond market? Tell us a little bit about why we're seeing yields go down when we're seeing good economic uh, forecast and things of that nature. Usually it's just the opposite.
4: No, you're exactly right, John. I think that's been probably one of the biggest surprises this year. I mean, stocks are up like 15 16%. We we were bullish. We said, ah, you know, that, that's maybe a little surprise how strong they've been. But the bond market, with that surprise move lower in the yield, it's got a lot of people scratching their heads. We think it's maybe as simple as, you know, the Fed's kind of been very dovish. I mean, the Fed flat out's been very dovish. You know, so there have been some things um that, that are kind of pushing it lower. Also, maybe it's simply the bond market is saying, you know what? We're not as concerned about inflation as a lot of other places, a lot of a lot of other economists and TV, you know, talking heads on TV maybe are. Um, but at the same time, we did have a huge move in yields off the lows the first quarter. Remember, bonds are one of their worst first quarters ever um, earlier this year. And then second quarter, some give and take. And, and we think when all is said and done, you know, six months from now or so when the year wraps up, uh, we do think, you know, with the economy improving, a little higher inflation expectations, 10-year yield will probably start to uh, begin to move higher again. But it's definitely one of those things that have a scratch in our head here a little bit.
2: Ryan, here in Arkansas, we seem to be in the epicenter of, of increased COVID cases with the Delta variant uh, having a pretty big impact in our, in our state. Um, what's your thought on the effect that that might have on the economy and the markets?
4: yeah i mean you know the the truth of the matter is what we saw last year janet sometimes with investments the stock market doesn't really care as much about our feelings about what's going on right now clearly the COVID numbers spiking and, and, and you know, tragically, more people going to hospitals. Those are things that worry us, yes. You see what the Fed just had to say recently. It's starting to worry the Fed, some other Fed governors. Uh, but at the same time, you know, this reopening has got a lot of momentum, right? I mean, yeah, we might go back to wearing masks, but we would truly go back to shutting things down. You know, we don't think so, right? I mean, the good news is most people who, you know, are vaccinated are, are still, they might get COVID. They might not even realize it. You know, I mean, what uh, Dr. Fauci said, maybe, you know, a million people a day could be potentially getting getting. getting getting this and but they don't really know it right i mean it's like because 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 they're healthy um with with vaccines and and that so those are things to be aware of it's concerning but we don't think it's going to stop the uh, upward momentum of the economy is the short answer
1: so, Ryan, let's talk a little bit about oil, because if you want to put the S&P to shame, oil has really done that uh, in terms of, of rebound. I remember sitting at home uh, during the COVID thing and seeing oil at negative thirty-two, thirty-three $32, $33 a barrel. And as a guy who came from the oil patch in South Arkansas, it blew my mind. Now we're over 70. What gives here? And are we
4: going to see this
1: oil trend continue?
4: As they said in Caddyshack, a flute with no holes is not a flute. I don't even know where I'm going with that. I think it's a funny quote. <laughs> but yes, I mean, the truth is there's a lot of momentum to, to oil, which you just talked about, John. And we had a big surge up. It's pulled back a little bit. We're more optimistic on the energy front. All right. We think the U.S. dollar can continue to go lower. as this reopening takes place. Um, energy in general is one of those groups that we think could have some alpha, geeky word, right, for outperformance um, with the strong demand. So energy is one that we think can probably keep going higher. And energy is a little different. I'm going to take a, a little bit of a – a dog leg left, if you will. We're going to talk about industrial metals for a second here okay. copper, zinc, nickel, aluminum, uh, tin. All of those have had really big runs lately. So, commodities in general really seem like they're starting to go higher again, and that very well could pull uh, crude oil and energy along with it.
2: So, let's talk about growth and value. Uh, growth stocks have performed well in the bounce uh, since the pandemic, and they've created something of an imbalance compared to value stocks. So, what are your thoughts on value going forward, Ryan?
4: Yeah, we still like value here, Janet. No doubt about it. The last, we'll call it two months or so, that's been a little bit of a rough go. Obviously, the first four or five months of this year, it made sense. It's sometimes as simple as that 10-year yield we talked about a couple of minutes ago. 10-year yield goes lower, doesn't help financials as much, the biggest part of value. But overall, when you look Early in an economic cycle of growth, we still think, um, you know, siding a little bit with cyclical value, industrials, materials, uh, financials, maybe energy in there. Those look well. I mean, those materials I talked about, those industrial metals, materials all of a sudden are starting to take some leadership again. So so we definitely in the models that we run for our LPL advisors and their clients, we are tilting um, a little bit toward value over growth, focusing on cyclical value still, even after a little bit of pain the last um, last couple of months.
2: So let's talk a little bit about focus uh, for those uh, uh, for those listeners out there who don't know what we're talking about on this. This is the LPL annual conference. And normally we have the privilege of seeing each other face to face. This year we're doing it virtual and next year we'll get we'll get back together in person. But there's still a lot of great information. John and I always look forward to that with our team. It's just an opportunity to learn and, and really uh, focus on those relationships as well that are very important to our business and therefore to our clients. What are you looking forward to the most about Focus this year? What are you excited about for us? For, and and that it'll be done by the time some of our listeners hear this, but what are you excited about for us this year?
4: Yeah, Janet, I mean, you know, Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, he's, he's the main speaker this year. Of course, that's going to be really fun. This is last year, obviously, as a coach, at least with, with Duke University. Who knows? He might go coach the Olympics again. But, you know, it's just really going to be neat to see. Dan Arnold is interviewing him, our CEO. Uh, so that's going to be a neat discussion. But it's just so much fun to to see the LPL advisor, see you guys. You come to the booth. It's all going to be virtual. We'll still see you. We'll still talk to you a little bit. Um, so that's always a blast. And obviously, like you mentioned, Bert, you never know what goofiness Bert's going to be up to. So he's <laughs> He's on the main stage on Thursday. So that'll be that'll be a fun one. But, you know, at the end of the day, let's put a bow on it. I think I'm excited that this is the last virtual one we're going to do, because next yeah. year we're going to be in Denver. We're going to do a face to face. We've done two virtual now. It's just the world we're in. But it's going to be really exciting to get out there. The guys like in two weeks, I'm on a plane going to Miami for a conference. So things are things are coming back a little bit. So That's pretty exciting.
1: So I've determined, Janet, that we need to spend at least a week in Denver ahead of time of Focus next year just to get acclimated to the the climate. The elevation. The elevation. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll spend maybe an extra week just kind (laughs) of hanging out uh, uh, with Bert and and Ryan and and maybe some of the folks that are coming in early. Uh, Ryan, as we wrap up, we've got about a little over a minute left here. Uh, Three questions for you, and I know I'm jamming those in uh, over the course of a minute, but three questions about the next six to 12 months. what are you most excited about? What is your biggest concern? And what is the biggest noisemaker that people need to not pay attention to?
4: Yeah, John, we're, we're still excited for this bull market, right? I mean, economy's strong, economic cycle of growth, fiscal policy, monetary policy. We still think stocks are going to do pretty well, especially relative to bonds. So we're excited there. Um, biggest concern, uh, I kind of talked already, the calendar, right? I mean, a 98% rally. Now you have the troublesome months of September, August, and October. So that's, that's not keeping me up that much at night. But it, no doubt about it is a potential concern. Also, the China. I mean, the China and U.S. back and forth with China going after some of their own companies. Maybe China starts going after multinational companies. That's something to be aware of. And then the biggest noisemaker that's out there, um, you know, a lot of economic data, I'm not minimizing economic data. A lot of times economic data is backward looking. The stock market's a forward looking mechanisms. So we pay attention to fundamentals. It's all about what companies have to say this earnings season about the future, which has been positive, not the past. So just, just remember that one.
1: All right, Ryan Dietrich, the chief market strategist for LPL Financial. Even though you didn't show up in your Rodney Dangerfield outfit, uh, you did deliver some key lines from cash. Shack, And our hats are off to you. Look forward to seeing you at Focus and look forward to having you back on the Get Ready for the Future show next month. For i I'm
2: just kidding. Thanks, guys. For kidding
1: <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Have a great day. The Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment. John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker, Chad Roller. And I find it very interesting that uh, Scott Inman scheduled his vacation on Caddyshack Week. I don't know if that was intentional or a, a, a just good fortune on Scott's part, but uh, uh, as you can see, we've changed out of our gear yes. and uh, and uh, because we were going to be sweating to death if that were not the case. But uh, we're excited to uh, share with you some things about uh, Gen Wealth Financial Advisors at the movies, and our movie is the 1980 cult classic Caddyshack. And so today we're picking up some financial lessons from Caddyshack, and there's a classic uh, scene in this movie with uh, uh, Chevy Chase and, and uh, Noonan, and they're talking about college, and they're out on the golf course, and it's where Chevy Chase says, you have to be the ball. Be
0: <laughs> Just, the ball.
1: That's right. The, the, the line actually is, there's a force in the universe that makes everything happen. All you have to do is get in touch with it. Stop thinking, let it happen, and be the ball, Danny. Just be the ball. Just be the ball. And he does well just being the ball and blindfolded as well. Yes. Chevy did now down Danny when he tried it you know knocked it into the into the lake but I think that's that's an interesting thing about money and finances so let's think about what that application is guys if you think about it from the standpoint of when you do something long enough it gets to be a habit and and it's just muscle memory and what have you and they wanted you to think that that was what was happening with with Ty when he was hitting that ball because he was blindfolded and and he hit the ball into the cup. Now, we know that that's really not how that actually works on a golf course, and you don't hit a hole in one every time that you're investing. But, Janet, one of the things that we have taught people over the years is that muscle memory of regularly saving and investing makes for really very, very good progress toward your financial independence.
2: You're absolutely right. If money is anything, it's a habit. It might be a good habit, it might be a bad habit, but it's a habit. And so you've got to determine whether you have the habits that you want and need to have Or whether those might need to change. And guys, I want to even circle back to the conversation that they're having here about college. And, you know, he didn't know why he wanted to go to college. So this is a financial mistake that I think a ton of people make across our our nation. And, And it's because, frankly, as a country, we're lying to ourselves about college education. There are people who should go, and there are people who should not. And there is not a better path or a worse path between the two. What are you called to do? What is your purpose? And I'm going to tell you, when I need a plumber, I don't call a doctor. I need a plumber, and the doctor can't do the job that I need done at that point. So, whatever you're—if—if if we're talking to you as the parent of a pre-college, you know, kiddo, listen to them. Listen to what their calling is, and—and and I think we need to start asking, "What are you doing after high school?" Instead of "Where are you going to college?" Because I think that we are—we are. We are labeling people in their own minds as I'm failing and that puts so much pressure on them to make a decision that may not be right for them and then it gets them into a financial struggle with student loans for a degree that maybe they did never even finish
3: yeah and I, I think you're you're right on par there with the financial struggle not only on the parents but also on the kid yeah because they're looking at this lifestyle of of going to college and trying to you know work along right. with that college degree. And if they're struggling, you know, through on the, on the academic side and trying to pay their way through college mm-hmm. and, and borrow that money at the same time, it's just not a good fit. Yeah. Well, in this day and time,
1: there are trades that pay as well as uh, even and better, better than. better than college degreed jobs. And, and so when you think about this, it's a great opportunity for kids to have some freedom and, yeah. and to say, this is who I am. This is how I'm shaped. Forget about what's going on with everybody else. It doesn't matter. They don't have to live your life. You have to live your life. And if you're not cut out to go to college, if that's not your calling, then at least apply yourself after high school to learning a trade of some kind and be able to provide great service to someone. And, you know, people that do that get paid six figures easily these days.
2: Oh, yeah. And like sales. I mean, if if you're gifted at sales it's probably already in you as a teenager it might need to be developed more obviously but you know if you can sell you can make money you don't have to have a, a college degree to to help you get there
3: right and, and I think you know one of the things that you know going through high school and, and looking at as advanced as they are now as far as trying to get as many core classes you know um, mm-hmm. kids kids trying to get as many core classes it may be time to start looking at, you know, where are there some trade options? Yeah. You know, there's, is there some internships in the summer that, uh, you know, a high schooler can go in and, and learn that trade ahead of time instead of focusing maybe on algebra two?
1: Now, I know here in Saline County, they're building a school specifically yeah. for people that are not going to college but are going to have advanced education beyond high school to do certain trades and, and things of that nature. And so I think that that comparison is, is the thief of joy. Uh, I think that if you just compare yourself to everybody else in the class that is going to college, and that's not your destiny, then you probably are not going to be real happy with what's going on down the road. I want to circle back to that savings thing, that that muscle memory for just a second okay. as well, because I think when you set your priorities and, and you you go through the budgeting process and you set your priorities, then you focus your money on what matters, and that is that you pay yourself first. Number one, you you set aside that money and pay yourself first, and then you max out as much as you can into that fund. If it's retirement, you definitely want to be saving as much as your four hundred one k match is.
2: Yeah, if you don't get the match, I mean, Chad, you're just leaving free money on the table at that point. Every day. Yeah, Yeah, so max out that match. Um, Guys, let's go ahead and look at uh, financial lesson number three that we can get from, that we can learn from Caddyshack, and that is don't get blindsided by rising prices. We talk about inflation on a regular basis, but they've got a little funny conversation that occurs here in the movie that really points to the reality of of how this happens. So uh, the movie depicts another caddy coming to buy a Coke from Noonan, and he comes up, says, give me a Coke, and he gives him Money And then when he gets the change back, he says, wait a minute, that's only 50 cents, meaning that the Coke cost 50 cents as well. So uh, they say Lou, Lou raised the price of Coke. He's been losing at the track. Well, I ain't paying no 50 cents for no Coke then you ain't getting no Coke, you know, <laughs> and, and this is how, you know, there's usually not a conversation like that. But when you go to the store and go, I ain't paying that for this product, whatever it is, guess what? You're not getting that product. You're not going to because prices have increased and they're going to continue to do that throughout the rest of your lifetime.
1: So I think it's really interesting during the era when Caddyshack was, was produced, Coke yep. was 25 cents a bottle. Well, today it's about a buck fifty a bottle. I don't know what that inflation rate is, but it's astronomical.
2: It's a five hundred percent increase. Yeah, in forty yeah. years. Yeah.
1: And and so I think the, the operative thing here is that you've got to be able to deal with inflation. And you know, inflation was one of those things that was just kind of very quiet and, and very subtle, two, two and a half percent, what have you now. Now we've seen real inflation. Yeah. And there's a lot of debate in the financial industry right now, whether this inflationary period that we're going through right now is going to be permanent, or it's going to be what they call transitory, meaning it's just going to be kind of a blip on the radar. I don't know, guys, how we can inject as much money into the economy as the government has, and not create our artificially
3: high prices. Y-
2: yeah, Absolutely, go ahead. And, and,
3: and if you've talked, listen to any economist out there right now, I mean, this has been the buzzword. Inflation has been on everybody's uh, hot topic lately. And and to be you know fully transparent, you know th- we we don't know what next year's prices are going to look like. But as you just said, all this money being injected into this economy, mm-hmm. it's bound to make things cost you know cost more. Uh, the job market is is really you know putting a strain on the, on the supply chain. So things, you know, if you want something, if you want that new vehicle, then you're going to have to pay for it.
2: Let's, let's talk a little bit about what this really looks like in retirement, because I think people know, all right, inflation is a reality, but what's the, so what, like, what do I do about it? So let's talk about what your income sources are going to be in retirement. Um, pretty much everybody's going to have social security, but with social security, yes, there is a cost of living adjustment almost every year, Um, but they don't have to do it every year. So if it doesn't happen, then, you know, it is what it is. And we've seen that a couple of times in the past decade or so, but most of the time you're going to get that. But the increase that you get from that cost of living adjustment many times is eaten up by increased costs in Medicare. So I would set aside the social security cost of living adjustment as as an actual source to be able to increase your spending power otherwise, then beyond that, you might be blessed enough to have a pension. Most pensions do not have a cost of living adjustment in it, so your first check is the same amount as your last check, however many years into retirement that you live. And so then beyond that, you've got other investments, money that might have been in your 401k, TSP, whatever your corporate retirement plan might have been. You have those assets. That is what you have to learn to utilize to be able to give you a raise every few years in retirement.
1: Yeah, and the the facts are that only real estate investments and equity investments have historically kept pace and and gotten above the inflation mark. Bonds don't do that. CDs don't do that. None of those safe investments do that because they're really not getting above the noise, if you will, as far as the inflation rate is concerned. Equities and real estate have that ability to do that. The question is, are you adequately investing in those things, especially at retirement? Because a lot of people want to go in to safe mode when they get to retirement. They want to just take care of what they've got. Well, just taking care of what you got really does put you behind the eight ball as far as inflation is concerned. Because if you think about it, 10 years into your retirement, is food going to be more expensive? Is electricity going to be more expensive? Is gasoline going to be more expensive? Every retiree uses those three things. And so obviously, you've got to have a plan to increase your income over time. That's what we do guys at the uh, here at Genwealth with the income for life model, we structure a retirement income plan that has adjustments to that income, upward adjustments so that hopefully you can keep pace with rising cost, rising prices during your retirement period. If you'd like to know more about that, you can give us a call here at Wealth Financial Advisors, 501-653-7355. Or if you're outside the central Arkansas area, you can call our toll-free number, 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-755. Also, if you are ready to get started, but really want to know a little bit more about this planning thing, text us today at 501-381-5228 and pick up What's the Plan? It's a manifesto for your life, your worth, and what happens next. Again, you can text us at 501-381-5228. The Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment. We are stretching the bounds of education today, trying to pull some uh, very poignant uh, educational lessons from Caddyshack, and and it's it's quite a quite a chore to do that. <laughs> yeah. Earlier, we were talking about inflation, guys, and I, I do want to point out that you know we talked about the fact that historically the uh, asset classes of equities and real estate have historically kept pace and actually outstripped inflation as far as rate of return is concerned of course you do need to know that past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results and results are going to vary but those two asset classes have de- demonstrated their historical ability to keep ahead of inflation so i just want to point that out very quickly guys i also want to uh, mention something that uh, this is not on the script so to speak and not not we didn't prepare for this But I I want to talk a little bit about the swimming pool scene at (laughs) Caddyshack because Uh, yes if you have um if you've not seen the movie there is a scene where the caddies get to come into the posh pool area at the bushwood country club and it's just mayhem it's crazy you know they're out there you know throwing people around and knocking them off the diving board and all this type of thing and there's a brother and sister sitting there on the side of the pool and they're arguing about a baby ruth candy bar And so just let your mind just kind of, you know, imagine what happens here that all of a sudden the sister like throws the baby Ruth over her shoulder into the pool. Well, it's floating around out there in the pool and this little girl swims and swims and she comes up for air. And all of a sudden there's this baby Ruth in front of her and she screams, duty <laughs>
2: can you believe john just did that on the air
1: i can <laughs> i can it was live yeah and, and so of course the pool evacuates and and everybody's screaming and running out of the pool and then they get bill murray uh in a hazmat suit i think it was chad yep
3: and he's cleaning the pool drain the pool all the way in a hazmat suit and finally gets down to a little bit of water in the pool and there is the object yes. we'll call it an object yes Other known as a floater. Yes. Original (laughs) floater.
1: Yes. (laughs) And then he picks it up and eats it. And the old lady that's watching all this happen passes out and, you know, he's munching on a baby Ruth bar. And so the, the moral of that story when it comes to finances, if you can stretch this that far, it is things are not always as they appear. Sometimes you're going to have fear injected into the financial world and that fear is unfounded, just like the fear of the baby Ruth was unfounded in the swimming pool.
3: Yeah. And John, and we've seen that uh, lately in the in the market with uh, some of the groups getting together and, and driving some prices of some you know individual securities. And it, it has been a ebb and flow of the masses, you know, people yeah. joining in and, and just kind of uh, joining in as a group and doing something really kind out of out, out of an uneducated manner. You know,
2: we've said for years things are never as good as they seem and they're never as bad as they seem. So let's go back to the candy bar. They're not as bad as they seem because it, it was actually a candy bar, not what it was originally thought to be. And they're not as good as they seem because I guarantee you when he ate that, with with the additional flavoring from the pool, it wasn't as good as <laughs> yeah. it could have been otherwise, yeah. you know, exactly. so the, but the same is really true. And I, and I know this sounds like a stretch. It's just a funny analogy here, but the same is really true. In the investment world, you know, when you see that your your neighbor has made a bazillion dollars in investment X, Y, Z, there's more to it than what you're seeing on the surface. It It's not it's not as clear cut as it appears. Well, to Well,
3: and, and Janet, too, you know, the market is a tool. Yeah. And, and so when everybody's yelling, screaming, run, get out, run, get out, that may not be part of your plan. Right. And so, you know, because the water may just be fine. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and so in the also there was a scene where a actual diver with a uh, mask and snorkel was actually coming up to the object there and everybody was in. They were the only one in the pool and they were just coming to observe and figure out what it is. But everybody else is yelling and screaming at them, you know, get out, get out, get yeah. out. And I think sometimes as as, you know, individuals and, and dealing with the market and looking at your 401k everybody there's a lot of noise a lot of times yeah and and there may be some people yelling at you saying scream get out get out you know maybe with covid or the financial crisis and that may not be the best option for you, or it may not be your timing.
1: Yeah, it's got to be in your timing. It's got to be fit for your financial plan. The moves that you make don't need to be herd mentality moves. They need to be moves that you make very intentional on your part to reach your goals. And guys, I want to take a little bit of a shift here. And, and this is more about the mental game of, of money and finances. But if you'll recall, there's a scene in the movie where uh, Danny is talking to Judge Schmeel And he's trying to talk him into funding his college education. He mentions that his parents aren't going to be able to fund his college education. And, of course, Judge Smeal in his smart mouth way looks at Danny and goes, well, I guess the world needs ditch diggers, too, you know. And so I want to to really make the parallel here to the companies out there in our industry that that really just brush aside. The average investor. Yes, uh, the people that don't have money to invest with their firm. Folks, here at Gen Wealth, we have got a program for everybody. We welcome all levels of wealth.
2: We value all levels of wealth, and and I think that's important for you to understand. You know, the reason that uh, that most firms across the country will turn away, or at least send to a 1-800 number, which is to me the same thing as turning away. They will turn away uh, people who have below $250,000 in assets. The reason that they do that is they have found that group to be not profitable in terms of the business. Well, we believe that's just fundamentally wrong to turn somebody away based on here's what the bottom line is. Now, it that having been said, it does have to be a mutually beneficial relationship, but we have determined a way that that relationship can be mutually beneficial where you can get started and have some really solid coaching in those early years as you get established as an investor and our firm can be profitable in the same process. It's not that complicated, and we have a a passion at the core of who we are that everybody needs financial coaching, so don't let where you are in life financially hold you back from having a relationship with a financial advisor.
3: Well, I think, Janet, too, uh, uh, to add to that, you know, we're talking about ditch ditch diggers. You know, uh, whatever your job, whatever your occupation, whatever your situation you're in right now, I think You know, when you walk in a Gen Wealth office, I think we should have a sign that says no judgment. Yeah, absolutely. And no judgment-free zone. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, because I think that's really what we do is basically take everybody's individual case as it is and meet them where they're at. and, And because we realize that our success is depending on their success. We have, I'm sorry, Chad. I was going to just mention that we have three programs
1: here at Wells to help all levels of wealth. If you're just getting started, if you're just trying to figure out this money, or maybe you've got a reset going on in your life, then you want to talk to us about our Money Works program. We literally teach you how money works. It's very foundational. It's all, everything from getting an emergency fund started to getting a plan to get out of debt, to have the right life insurance, all of the basic financial fundamentals that you need to get started, that's what money works teaches Now, if you're a little bit beyond that, if you have some savings and investments, and maybe you got a 401k plan, and you just need good financial advice, then our Money Guide program is there for you. It is a very comprehensive financial planning program that allows you to actually set goals and have a checkup with your your financial advisor to uh, how far you're on track to meet those goals, and it's all done very, very economically. Also, our Ready to Retire program are for those folks that are, are approaching retirement, Fifty-five and up, and they're they're getting ready to make that transition from life to work, uh, from work to life. That is, and and so clearly, we've got three different, very distinctive programs here at Gen Wealth to help anybody that is a ditch digger or a a seven figure net worth person. It really does not matter, because again, at Gen Wealth, we respect. All levels of wealth, and so clearly, I think the 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 key here from Caddyshack in this point is don't listen to people like Judge Schmeel that might you know put. Put you down as far as your finances are concerned.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just looking at the clock, and I think we don't have a, a bell on final thoughts, so we're just going to go ding, ding, ding. Well, and it, do the it, bell. You,
1: you know. might imagine that at Caddyshack, there was all kinds of really crazy things happening. <laughs> there there, there it is. Bell. Uh, the bell is sounded, and so we will jump into final thoughts. And Janet has the first thought.
2: So let's just recap, you know, financial lessons from Caddyshack that we've talked about. And, and I know the story is funny, but really the lessons are completely on point here. So your future is your responsibility. Nobody else's, just yours. Be the ball. And what that means is don't get distracted. Stay focused on, on where you need to be. Don't get blindsided by rising prices, inflation, and be careful who you put your faith in.
3: And Janet, I think I'll go with uh, the more of the pool scene, you know, on a, on a lighter note. <laughs> and 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 don't you know, be be your own plan, be yeah. be your own ball, be your own plan. I'll I'll piggyback off of that and and do do your own thing. And, and developing a plan will help you decide when and what to do on your next move. Because without a plan, you're just like everybody else and just trying to scramble out of the pool. Absolutely. Feel secure about your financial future. Well,
1: if you don't, probably you need a financial coach, but you need a little bit of education in the beginning. So if you want to feel secure about your financial future, get our free download with 10 ways to shift your perspective on financial planning. You may think that I'm not any good at financial planning. This document will change that. Text us at 501-381-5228 to get What's the Plan? A Manifesto for Your Life, Your Worth, and for what happens next. It's absolutely free from Wealth Financial Advisors. We would love to get it to you, 501-381-5228, or visit getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash plan for your free copy. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. The Get Ready for the Future show continues next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.